please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Well, this is it. Ready Player One spoiler spoiler app app. and proof that you saw, I saw it. I saw it. If you're watching on the YouTube, I have my theater ticket here. <laughs> there was some dispute as to whether or not I was actually going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. But now it pr- proof. Proof proof it is. Mm-hmm. Proof proof there. Whoop, there it is on my ticket. Yeah. Did you see it in the food theater? Man, the food theater just hasn't been lining up lately. Oh, really? Showtime-wise, mm-hmm. the last couple big movies, they put them in their IMAX for whatever reason at the food theater, their IMAX screen doesn't have the reserved food level in it. It's a, So Cinemark does this oh, thing. Weird. Well, they'll have the theater and then there's like a balcony and that's the reserved food level. Mm-hmm. And to keep out the riffraff and yes. as well they should. There's <laughs> yeah, good. balconies where the opera seats of are. Of course, this is where we rattle our jewelry, as <laughs> yes. uh, John Lennon asked. Yes, so, where you can wear your field glasses. Yes, and exactly. And uh, I don't have to intermingle yeah. with the huddled masses who can only eat popcorn and whatnot. Yeah, they have to get it in advance. Yeah, I have someone bring it to me, as was right. my birthright, <laughs> in a luxury lounger. Um so yeah, but I but there's a there's more theaters are putting in luxury recliners, right? But just they don't have food service. Mm-hmm. So I was just gonna get their pizza, but the pizza oven wasn't working. Mm. So I was starving, and all I could eat was movie theater nachos, and I wanted to murder somebody. Yeah, that's not that doesn't put you in a good mood no, for a movie. It doesn't. Mm. So fuck this film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was excited to see this movie, Ready Player One, or as we could call it, Easter Egg the Movie. Easter Egg, <laughs> 80s Easter Egg the Movie. 80s Easter Egg the Movie. Um, and it was, uh, like you said before we get into it, we want to mention this is a spoiler episode. We'll be getting into the endings, plot points. Uh, we might mention a few Easter eggs that were in the film. As many as we can. So if you have not seen the movie, then you need... You may want to wait, hold off, or uh, if you have no intention of seeing the movie, then dive right in. If you choose to go forward from this point... It's on you. It's on you. You are taking risks. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You are putting yourself and your moviness at risk. But right now, let's uh, also, before we get started, let's uh, bang out our Patreon uh, sponsors. let's bang that Patreon. At the $50 level. We still have Katie Bagwell on her MS run. Katie Bagwell, I hope you're raising money for MS. Good for you, Katie. And it's uh, from Houston to Austin. It's at the end of April. Uh, The money raised will help fund amazing progress in MS research. And you can get her donation page at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash KTMS 150. If you can, please help her achieve her goal. And uh, we have the Audacity Performing Arts Project. uh, And they are extending their uh, Help Katie Bagwell uh, promotion. Well, right on. (laughs) So um, if you do her bike MS fundraising and make a token donation to Audacity of $15, they'll still send you an amazing shirt and a thank you. Use their donation link, audacityperformingarts.com slash donate. Audacityperformingarts.com slash donate. We got, we got one more, Graham. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. What do they got to say? Supplyanddemandinvesting.com. 
because planning for retirement should be as easy as planning your next vacation. It just takes longer. Supply and, de- supply and demand investing.com. Boom. $50. Look, look at all the stuff you look get. Look what you get. Mm-hmm. You can support your charitable cause. You, you can, can support somebody else's charitable cause. cause. You can support <laughs> the arts. You can support mm-hmm. an investing thing. Whatever business you guys want to do. Yeah. You can pay $50 a month just to have us read a list of insults. We would do it, too. I would do that. Absolutely. You know, if you're really angry at somebody, I'm like, this is worth $50. We'll take care of it. <laughs> so, okay. So, Ready Player One. Let's start. Let's get into it. Now, I actually read the book. Did you read the book? I have not read the book. I tried to get it at my local library, but it was checked. It's not, you know. Really? Ever, that, that's, uh, that was going to be in stock? No. It's it like wasn't the, be in stock. the three copies that they may yeah. have had. And yeah. I'm, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's got a hundred and fifty, excuse me, one hundred and seventy-five million dollar budget. Yes, its cumulative uh, worldwide gross as of April first was one eighty-one. It did fifty-three mm-hmm. million the first weekend here in the U.S., but it's it's going to make its money. Yeah, I mean, you've got all the fans that read the book wanting to see it, but also you've got you know this giant Spielberg spectacle. You've got gamers and eight fans of the eighties and nineties and. You, you you really hit all the buttons with this movie, so it doesn't surprise me that it did pretty well. And it's it's I, I think this is also the kind of movie that's going to have legs, with positive word of mouth and decent reviews and decent and like because it's made uh, for the age of the internet. Like there's going to be a million YouTube views. Like find all the Easter eggs in right. the movie, right. and I'd say you know here's the ones we found, and here's the ones, and I'm sure they're all different too. Like because there's so many in the movie. Um, but one of the things that the book did specifically was stick with the 80s, whereas the movie branched out a little bit. And there was some 70s, it 80s, have to. 90s, yeah, because uh, the licensing issues alone would be insurmountable well, if, you, to me, if you got all that stuff yeah i mean I, <clears throat> licensing issues aside i think mm-hmm. just story-wise and thematically it would have limited the film would have been limited if it was just 80s references yes you know and like be, a good example of from book to movie is that uh there was a whole segment with the shining um that's not in the book it's war games oh. so that's that's a big difference that was in the uh in the book so it's right uh, because war games was so big at the time in the 80s yeah hasn't really held up right <laughs> didn't isn't isn't it's a good movie it's worth watching but yeah. there's a lot that falls through the cracks and is left to sort of that generation mm-hmm. whereas the shining is an is an amazing movie to watch and I feel like Spielberg wanted to kind of give like a shout out to Kubrick for sure on that on you know in the movie that whole scene that mm-hmm. was amazing that right. shining stuff they recreated some stuff and then just made it more terrifying and with massive you know mods I mean I love that I mm-hmm. love that yeah it was really uh and the the picture in the shining then became part of the Easter egg within the game in the world. Yes. Which was really cool. It was very, uh, the movie's been very meta, like it's Easter eggs in Easter eggs in Easter eggs in Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when you were growing up in the 80s, did you have an Atari 2600? Yes. Okay. Did you play the game Adventure? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember with the dragons that looked like ducks and the sword yeah. that was the arrow mm-hmm. and then you were you were literally a dot? Yeah. Like kids today, they can't fathom that video games even used to look like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like this is what what is this? This doesn't even look like anything. Uh I remember 
um, somebody had brought the Atari 20, 2600 to school and like they hooked it up to like a TV in the science class and stuff. And this kid was all excited that he was going to show everyone the very first Easter egg. Like, like, no, you got to go and you got to take this bridge and you got to go into this room and you got to get the dot. And then he showed everyone what it was. I'm like, oh my God, that's really cool. It was literally the first Easter egg. And then that's, you know, was the final challenge in the, uh, in mm-hmm. the film to find the first Easter egg. And it exists. It really yeah. is. It's even, um, if you get the emulations, like if you you can get the Atari, uh, uh, collections like for the PlayStation or, or online or whatever and all that stuff is retained like you can go and you can literally go and play those old games on your new systems and you could find that Easter egg if you really mm-hmm. want to so but it was it, it it was a great feel of like nostalgia for us those of us that did grow up in the 80s and it was also like kind of a great um, summer big actiony popcorny blockbustery type movie that we got in you know, we this this is a this is a June, July, August movie right. that we got in April because now the studios are finally figuring out the summer movies are not just for summer anymore. Right. So um, I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun, even with reading the book, and it was definitely different than the book, uh, but it was still really fun. So now, someone who hasn't read the book, did you just enjoy the ride that the movie put you on? Uh, eventually, okay, kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. part of it is. The movie is very much for gamers. Mm-hmm. I'm not a gamer. Right. So there were some definitely cool things in there that I enjoyed. But the beginning of the movie was like, and I know this is, I mean, it's sort of by design because the ending is, oh, once he takes over the company and wins, it's like we're going to have two days where the the drift is turned off. Right. And and he's sitting on the couch just kissing with his girlfriend. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I have a whole, more human interaction, which is decent. It's just... The beginning kind of bummed me out. But what if you don't have a girlfriend? Then when are you going to do? Yeah, and then you got to go back into the drift or make it digital, <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it's called. Was the it? Oasis. The Oasis, the drift. <laughs> the Pacific Rim. The I'm sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm caught in the, uh, in the spoiler ep. <laughs> yeah, in the drift. In the drift. Yeah. I am caught in a spoiler ep drift. Um, so the, it was like, wow, what a, what a horrible future this is. Yes. What a dystopian and this is the only escape. This is the only escape. And it's more relevant now than it was when the book was written. Right. Mm -hmm. Because now we have VR. Now we have people, you know, I, I was, I was, um, you know, went out with some comics after a show and everyone was sitting around talking and, you know, interacting. And one comic then just picked up their phone and spent the majority of the time just on their phone, not right. interacting with people. Mm-hmm. And later I saw that this comic had posted like, oh, hanging out after the show or whatever, and photos. And I was like, I was like, I felt bad for the person. Cause I was like, you could have, you didn't, you, you, so you have to put up this like storefront, this like facade of so awesome. And it wasn't. You were sitting there buried in your phone. You didn't really interact with a lot of people. We all were laughing and talking and telling road stories and talking about the business. And and this person wasn't. And I was just like, God, and I see so much of that. I get so bummed. I live at the beach. I try to go watch the sunset whenever I can, whenever mm-hmm. I'm working. So I'll go down there. And That's people, online. 
That's a, yeah. Why, 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 <laughs> yeah. why deal with the sand in your sock when you can get yeah, that online? Yeah, just you, search YouTube. And I've done V I've put on VR mat. They're amazing. They're amazing. Right. Well, now they are, you know, the first generations a couple of years ago when they tried it and didn't work out as well. But sure. now it's interesting. The technology has actually improved. It is amazing. And, and would it be cool to go do something I would never normally do? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But like, my greatest memories in my life, like, so, so going back to the beach thing and there'll be people taking photos of beautiful sunsets and I might take a photo, a mm. photo and maybe post it or post it later. But for the most part, my phone is in my pocket and I'm actually, but there's people who just take a bunch of photos and then they're on their phone the whole time. And I'm like, I want to tap them on the shoulder and go, um, Hey, there's the sun setting on the Pacific ocean. It's right in front of you. Right. And so this society that we currently live in, it bums me out. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the beginning of the movie probably bummed the you out. The beginning of the movie, I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, this is awful. Mm-hmm. This is where we're headed. The this stacks. Is like, this is the stacks and just mm-hmm. like, you know, the corporations have screwed us over and, and there's good commentary well, in there about fighting that. I'll give you uh, a little more. Th- this is one of the, 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 one of the issues I did have with the film is the real world parts of it weren't quite as fleshed out as they could have mm-hmm. been. And they are fleshed out more in the book. Like, you know, one of the examples is uh, you don't see the police till the end. Like, there's are there no police in this right, world? I'm right. like, oh, no, they, they didn't show up for a bombing in the stacks. But now they show up when there's like a chase at the, mm-hmm. uh, towards the end. Um, one of the things that uh, Ernie Klein does in the book very effectively is show um, basically the return of indentured servitude in when you become so crippled with debt, which most people become. Um, what happens is that's not happening today though. Everything's no, great. no, no. Uh, but, but what happens is in the, uh, in the book, basically you get, uh, in debt, the company acquires your debt and then you have to go work for that company basically in a cube. But instead of working like in a salt mine or, or whatever, you're literally in like a data mine. You're like, you're in, mm-hmm. you know, a cube, you're in front of a computer and then that's, you know, the, the, intention is that you'll eventually pay off your debt but the way it's set up is that you rarely if ever you will like because you you get trapped in this you know this ever never-ending cycle of debt and trying to pay it off um so it kind of set up uh, a lot more in the book the economics of the way the world works and also how desperate this corporation was to get a hold of the oasis because ultimately that's what would generate the most income in the entire world yeah because if you got a control of that something that everyone uses because uh the original creators wanted to keep it free so everyone could enjoy it right uh but you know if a corporation wins the contest they're gonna own it and they're gonna charge well yeah and i saw mm-hmm. the all the parallels of like mm-hmm. net neutrality so right. they're trying to get rid of net neutrality so that and, and again book was written before all that which yep. was interesting which is which may, mm-hmm. makes it good science fiction mm-hmm. um but I agree, like, there was just sort of, I'm sure, I was like, wow, I bet you in the book that's a whole chapter, and that must yes, be really for, interesting. Yes, for sure, yeah. Like, just in the opening, he's just like, after the uh, the corn syrup shortages and the broadband wars, this is where we're at. And I was like, like, like well, that's, yeah, we just skipped wow. a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, one of the really interesting um, sequences in the book that's not in the movie is that uh, Wade um, deliberately gets himself into debt uh, and completely... Um, drains his bank accounts mm-hmm. in order to get captured 
by the evil corporation, the IO one or whatever they're, mm-hmm. they're called. It's, uh, um, to go into their system because he bought cheat codes. So he hacks them from the inside and that's how he gets past that bomb at the end. Mm-hmm. He's actually the one that does it. Uh, so, but the way it was set up in the book, I mean, it was very, uh, really interesting the way it was kind of visualized of like, here's the process. Uh, I get myself into debt. They come after me. Um, I'm basically taken to a farm, a data farm. And, uh, and this is how I hacked the system. But they had all these really interesting, um, Ernest Klein put in all these really interesting flourishes of like, when you first get to like your indentured servitude in these data farms, you have no privileges. But then when you're there for a while and you quote, behave yourself and do your job well, then you get more channels on your TV mm-hmm. and then you get, you know, you get more access to things. And it, it's really, really uh, a, a parallel to like basically being owned. Well, it's a great commentary. <laughs> I mean, it is great commentary in terms of I'm sure that's why I would love to read the book is because. And overall, it was a decent movie. I liked it. I had mm. a, I had an all right time. Um, in fairness to the film, I saw this like la- Monday night at like a nine fifteen showing. Mm-hmm. I'd been working all day in San Bernardino on the FNX show, and then drove home. And then they had didn't have the food I wanted, and I was like, motherfucker! <laughs> like, I could be home. You you know you would have gone into the oasis if you could. Uh, I could no, I would have just gone home <laughs> yeah. and made myself a nice healthy dinner versus eating movie nachos. <laughs> so I I I it's in fairness to the film I didn't give it the greatest shot. Right. I was sitting there like God damn it this feels like something I don't want to do. <laughs> um, but like the, the I mean, and and there's great parallels of like of our consumer culture here in America. Yes. Mm-hmm. Work work work. And and you'll you'll get cable TV, right? Or you know, work really hard, and then uh, you'll get the better gloves. Or, yeah, you know, that's it. it. Nothing change. You won't change right. your your society. It's just little material things. Work right. hard, get a better car. There's actually parallels to um, you know Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451. Mm-hmm. You know, you see things like that. You know, you work a little hard. Everyone's uh, working to get like just to watch TV or to get the next big screens. Like you know they they have the four walls. Like well you know we we can't afford the fourth wall yet. You know the TV and like you know, and uh, so it, it really it, everything focuses on that getting that next technological leap. Like that's what everything is advertised. It's a helmet. It's a suit. It's gloves. And then when something ma- malfunctions, it's like the end of the world and you know, everybody's putting their money into it. So always get the new one, the new thing. And that's the thing that like why it sort of bummed me out a little bit was we're, we're already in that. And, and I used to play video games and I had a lot of fun with them and why I never have become a huge gamer. And even have had arguments with people about this, um, uh, a former girlfriend would started to play a lot of video games and was like, you know, was, was, telling me and I realize I understand the amount of effort going going into them and the amount of skill to play them especially now they're so complex but I was like my greatest memories in life are not the video games I played mm-hmm. it's outside of Adelaide Australia I caught the longest wave I've ever caught in my life mm-hmm. it's the stuff when we went to Japan for the first time to shoot earbuds right you know that first meal we went to, where we sat in that room and and then did sang karaoke in there. That like, mm-hmm. I fucking we laughed our asses off. Yeah. Like or the time I've or sitting in a Black Hawk helicopter in the in the Middle East. Like 
or being on the Great Wall of China or looking at a sunset in Maui. Those are the things that stick with me the most. And none of those things are computer generated. Yeah, well, I will say this. I have uh, many great memories of uh, hanging out with friends in front of the TV playing video games because I was a gamer as sure. a kid. And uh, that was like, you just go to a friend's house, we would swap cartridges and we would just, we would have those. And all I, I really felt like uh, part of the movie was a walk down that lane because mm. it's also... Um, and I have some of those and, memories and, too of like mm-hmm. playing... The, the games I always play were like sports games and we'd be at a buddy's house in high school exactly. or college and we'd be busting each other's yeah. balls and laughing. And, and those games uh, and those times are over because the games have changed so much. Right. Like, uh, you know, you don't have a joystick with one button anymore and uh, you're not in a room with a bunch of friends. Everything's online. You so connect with people not, all over the world. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, um, so, you know, I remember we would play Atari 2600. Uh, we would play their missile command and then, you know, you would take your turn. Your friend would take his turn. You would take your turn, and then and that's just just how it worked. Mm-hmm. And we we would spend hours doing that. Um, so it's also uh, an interesting way to see that like how gaming itself has changed. Like you know MMORGs, like the massive uh, online multiplayer um, role playing games, like uh, things like Ever, uh, World of Warcraft, where people play online all together. I mean that that is still a relatively new thing. I mean that's mm-hmm. uh, you know that didn't exist in the and 80s that set for up sure. so corporations can make a lot of money. So, oh yeah, because it's a it's a monthly fee. That right. was like a whole different, a whole new business model that didn't exist before. You know, it used to be you buy your cartridge, that's it. You play the game, and then you know you would swap them with friends, and that's it. There wasn't there was never a quote subscription fee to keep playing the game every uh, every month. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the responsibility is on the developers too. When that happens, it's a uh, um, it's a huge undertaking. You have to make sure your servers don't go down. You have to constantly be rolling out new content or those subscribers go away because gamers are very particular about their content mm-hmm. and about their uh, product. So um, it's interesting too to see, like especially you know the buzz on the internet, like uh, you know where the Easter eggs are, what's getting people excited, what's getting people um, not as excited, like uh, when they spot something. Like uh, Spielberg specifically wanted to make sure like um, his movies weren't in the movie because, you know, who made more giant movies in the 80s than Steven Spielberg? It was it, so, but he didn't. He uh, there's a big dinosaur. Sure. In there there is a big dinosaur. That one made it through, <laughs> which was cool. Yeah. By the way, that mm-hmm. thing that was cool when he they do that first time. Oh, the the race, at the, the beginning. race, also, and King Kong, not in the book. Oh. The race is not in the book. So, but that was the, one of the places where you go. Visually, this makes perfect sense to me why you would put this in the movie then it wouldn't be in the book. Like, uh, uh, like you know, in the book, uh, there's a challenge where he's, you know, playing joust with the Avatar. So visually, that would be not interesting at all to watch two people play joust on a giant, you know, IMAX screen. <laughs> well, the, the other thing, too, that I, that I did like about the movie is when he actually meets these people in real life. Yes. That was the coolest thing. And I know that's like part of like showing the human connection. I think about that in terms of like podcasting. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even like my YouTube channel. Somebody from my YouTube channel came out last Friday to the FNX show and took, we took a photo afterwards. And I think about all the people that have listened to this show that we've met. I think about earbuds particularly Mm -hmm. and people that we met and how cool that was. And like, you know, Sinai... I consider her like a, she's like a, a good friend now. She's not just someone listening to the show. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
many of the people have sort of become friends of ours in in those towns wherever we're there you know yeah. and that to me is the cool thing then that's where technology and the internet can bring can people, connect you can connect people mm -hmm. and that's obviously the theme of our film but like mm -hmm. that that part of the movie i really I really liked. I mean, there's cool chase scenes and there's cool, you know, what's his name? He's a great, he's a great villain. Um, ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. He's mm -hmm. a great, he's a great bad guy. He is, he is. And he's uh, got the Michael Shannon vibe going on. Yeah, he's sure. got to always, <laughs> always got to play, you know. Um, and I just, I always think of him in Dark Knight Rises of, do you feel in charge? Where yeah. Bane slowly puts his head on his, but yeah. anyway, there, there's cool stuff in the end. The ending, you know, it was a very cool, nice ending. He wins. He 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 passes all the tests. Right. He doesn't he do doesn't it. sign the contract at the end. He doesn't do it for greed. It's a little vague, exactly why. I'm like, well, wait, you won the Oasis. I could see. Okay, you're not signing this contract, and that was the final test. But then Simon Pegg is at the end with a bunch of lawyers with a bunch of contracts. Sued. So so then you so, so you're signing now you're signing now you're signing yeah it. yeah so it's like you know some of the rules get a little vague in the movie where i'm like well, what wait what does that quite make sense um but now spielberg said that this was his third most difficult film he has made in his career behind jaws and saving private ryan i can see saving private ryan being really difficult to make but jaws the reason it was so hard is because the shark never yeah, worked the shark yeah. kept <laughs> stopped shark working worked, yeah um, so they had all those scenes with Robert Shaw and and the other guys on the and Richard Dreyfus on the boat just talking. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. What did a Richard Dreyfus said in an interview? Said all we could hear on the walkie-talkies all day was the shark isn't working. The shark isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> so now here's the list of directors that were up for directing this movie: uh, Christopher Nolan, Robert Zemeckis, Matthew Vaughn, Peter Jackson, and Edgar Wright were all considered to direct this Ooh. film. So I, I have to say, though, you know what? No one can really do it like Spielberg. Like he, he really, I think he was the right choice for this, the way to make it the big spectacle that it needed to be. Well, it needed it needed his touch. And like if Nolan did it, it would have been so much darker and uh, probably a smaller story. Uh, I, don't think I think it, it needed right. to be Spielberg because yeah. that's sort of the 80s and the pop culture. I mean, he's a part of forming, of yes. creating pop culture. yes. And creating mm -hmm. the pop culture, you know, uh, medium. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I mean, yeah. he's he's helped been a mm -hmm. part of that. So mm -hmm. him and Lucas. And it's interesting, too, because that's why the film was supposed to come out in December of last year, but they pushed it to March right. so it didn't compete with Jedi. Right. Last Jedi. Um, is, there, uh, is there any possibility that they moved it because it's a movie with so many Easter eggs to Easter weekend? <laughs> that could be I'm not even high guys I swear <laughs> I don't think I've I don't think the internet's put that together yet but uh, uh, it's definitely you can see movies shift around to get out of the way of other movies and I think this was one of the one of the times that happened and it's sure. and, and it's a smart choice in the sense of like mm -hmm. why not pick this weekend I think Hollywood is slowly realizing why don't we spread out our big blockbusters why not yeah. like what they Black Panther Mm -hmm. Oh, the highest grossing Marvel movie of all time because you released it in the middle of February. Right. Mm -hmm. Where you had no competition with anything else. So weekend no. after weekend after weekend, you're the biggest movie in the Cineplex. Yeah. Which was brilliant. Yeah. And Finally I, figuring out after 300 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I it was cool. And I think it, you know, Spielberg sort of had had to make this film. And, and I didn't realize it's his first science fiction film since War of the Worlds in 2005. Wow. Yeah, so 
and it's doing better than the post. Ah, oh, well, look at that. <laughs> um, so I have to say, uh, it was a lot of fun. The movies, I the, the book is still better, and the reason that the book is better is because it goes into more detail uh, in this world. Like I really felt like this kind of. Um, the movie itself, especially in the real world aspects, it scratched the surface more where we could have used a little bit more detail on how everything right. got the way it was, how things worked. Um, you know, I know there's not a lot of time in the movies to set all that up, but you could you could have set up a little bit more right. and, and give us a little give. You know, it, it's interesting to say give the setting a little more uh, character development, you know, because yeah. you have this dystopian future. You know, you want to kind of know more about it and how it works. And because all that is explained very well in the sure. book like there's no doubt like how how the economics of the world work how the oasis work and why these corporations want what they want it's just like um, we had some we had the after this war and that thing now we live yeah, in the stacks yeah, the bandwidth war how what? did the stacks what? happen yeah yeah why why are they stacked up <laughs> yeah uh so so there's definitely some uh differences between uh movie and um uh, movie and book the other thing too is the the trials and the the contests in the book are a little more involved. They have a little more steps to them, but visually, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I get it why you had to streamline it for sure, especially the race scene. Like I love seeing like the little flourishes of like the '60s Batman uh, Batmobile. Cool. That was cool. Uh, Speed Racers car, the bike from Akira. Like uh, you know, we didn't stay for the entire credits, but I'm sure just the licensing pages alone were like you know right. was quite a credit roll. Like, and I think Spielberg, too, to give him credit, the only one who probably could have pulled everything together as far as licensing goes. Like, if you have a no-name director, you know, people are less likely to lend their licenses to the film. Right. But if you got Spielberg, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, put my thing in Spielberg's mm-hmm. movie. Um, and, you know, of course, you have the whole Warner Brothers library first, and then you, you go from there. And, and they did cool things in terms of they go to the, the Halliday museum yeah yeah the archives the archives and that was cool and how they found information there was mm-hmm. cool um the uh simon Pegg doing an american accent i look mm-hmm. at that we need more brits doing american yeah. accents they're really <laughs> sorely underrepresented yes. in american film <laughs> um so it's uh that was cool and you know they uh it was mark rylance to play halliday and yes it was Michael Keaton was dead, but was I know? I think he would have done a really good job. Yeah, mm. yeah. How did how did you guys feel about that? Because in the trailer, even I was like, as someone who read the book, I'm like, he's not quirky enough. He's too straight. I, 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 I wasn't I wasn't in love with um, his performance, but I didn't think it was too horrible. Like Mark, I would I would have rather have seen Michael Keaton. Mark Rylance is is everything he does is very understated. Um, and, but I agree. I was just sort of like, I, it's, it's hard to not go. Oh, there's Mike, Mark Rylance with a wig, just talking like, a, oh, I want to mm. be a nerd. So I don't know. I think it needed someone that, that could have brought like his high functioning Asperger's or whatever. Yeah. yeah someone, yeah. Someone who weird. had like real distinct, like quirks and foibles to bring to it, which I think Keaton probably would have done. Um, but it wasn't fine. It wasn't like it wasn't like Rylance took me out of it, right, but I wasn't right. like completely enamored with his. He didn't bring a ton to it. No, mm-hmm. no. I mean, I like yeah. the the 
Gandalf character in the uh, in the drift that would appear when you found a key or whatever. Right, right. Uh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And and his and so you had Mark Rylance doing the voiceover on that. Yes. Um, and how that would appear and what they would how that would show and work. Mm. That was really cool technology. You and I were talking about this before recording. We all, both of us almost deliberately saw it in 3D because we were like, oh man. It probably look looks really cool. cool in three D. Yeah, I bet yeah. you, if you see this movie in three D, anyone out there watching three D, I'm probably you probably went, "Wow, this is like the chase scenes, the King Kong, right. all that stuff." Mm-hmm. Dinosaur, um, the cars, the uh, even the even the uh, dance club. Yeah, probably looked pretty cool. Right, The Shining. Yeah. That mm-hmm. scene must have been awesome when the zombies yeah. with massive axes are in the right in the hedge maze. Yeah, in the hedge maze, <laughs> just swinging down. That must have been really. That must have made you jump out of your seat a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but it was it was a really fun movie. It was uh, I'll tell you, it was a movie that um, you know I was skeptical that could get made. Like after reading the book, I'm like, oh, there's no way anybody can kind of put this together. Right. And they're like, oh, well, Spielberg, oh, he's the one guy that could put it together, right. and uh, and he did. But ultimately, it was changed. Um, but you know, like I said, the changes didn't bother me. Like it's just they're different, and I, I just find the book better. Um, but it's still a fun time at the movies. It's. Uh, you know, it's the kind of movie that's just, it's both nostalgic and fun and popcorny. You know, there's not a, there's a little, not that the book has a ton of depth. Don't get me wrong. It's not like War and Peace, but uh, uh, it definitely goes into the more details of the world and how everything works, which is uh, really, really fun and interesting. Whereas the movie just kind of uh, glances over it to get to the next action piece and the set next set piece and action scene. Right. Um, you know, I thought all the actors did a decent job. Like there was nobody stood out and like, oh, this, this kid's terrible or, or whatever. Uh, I thought everyone did a nice job. Um, uh, Ty Sheridan, I thought was a good Wade Watts. I know, um, they are working on a sequel, so we'll see what happens. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Ernest Klein said he's, uh, um, working on a sequel to the book. So, you know, when that comes out, I can guarantee there will be another film. Now, will Spielberg do another film? I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll see when the book comes out. They will make another film. Yeah, we'll make another film. Who directs it? Yeah, that's up in the air. Exactly, but they will yeah. make it. Another one of these is being made. Unless he uh, he pulls in, you know, uh, a Martin and, like, promises the book, and then it's 10 years later, and we still don't have it. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Ready Player Two. Yes. <laughs> and that's... Uh, <laughs> and, and, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut your mic, sir. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not mocking you, Aaron. I'm mocking. That's what the title Hollywood will pick. Yes. <laughs> the Hollywood won't come up with some like no, the drift. The old, yeah. <laughs> Gandalf in the drift. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons from the uh, for the title of the book and the movie is that uh, back when they had arcades. You know, I don't know how much time you spend in an arcade in a, a mall. Lot. Yeah. Um, you would stick your quarter in and every time it would be, it would say Ready Player One or it would be mm-hmm. Ready Player Two and you would, you would take turns on the uh, on the arcade machines. In fact, there is a, uh, <laughs> there's a great sequence in the book that is, uh, that is not in the movie where there's like a retro arcade planet that is like, you know, made from all the uh, vector drawings of like asteroids and right. and all the all the and Tempest and all those those things, uh, and that's where you go to play like the classic <laughs> games. You have to you go to a different planet, ah. which is which is really uh, uh, fun. So there, you know, there's a lot of great, 
you know fun flourishes and uh, in the movie and in the uh, the book of course but uh, I'm a big fan of the Iron Giant not an 80s property but f- really fun to see the Iron Giant in the movie that was cool to see <laughs> the Iron Giant in the movie also I liked that there was a whole you know underground resistance thing yes. and that's who she was a part of mm-hmm. um, and you know that that she had sort of a whatever a I don't know what that was, a birth defect, but something on her eye that, that yeah. she wanted to hide. Which is, again, Hollywood ugly. Yeah, that's you know? how I know. That's Hollywood <laughs> like, ugly. That really doesn't look that bad. Oh, wow. She yeah. looks like she's laid out on the left side of her body in the sun. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, how, hor- how oh, horrific. Oh, my yeah. God, cover it up. Yeah, no one will ever find you attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful young woman <laughs> yes. with stunning eyes that I would totally look into and miss yes. what's on your face. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was there was th- that um I I did like th- that was she was well cast because she, mm-hmm. and that's sort of typical of the internet that was a good thing of like people put even on social media though on social media it's like everything's great, you know, life's all, having a blast and they're not just like I'm alone and hate myself or whatever right. no one's, no <laughs> yeah. one's posting that on the internet. Yeah. Only uh, on Facebook. Only on Facebook. Um <laughs> but and then your daddy gets harvested. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> By Cambridge Analytics. Yeah. <laughs> um, Facebook isn't evil at all. Um, <laughs> and so then, like, when he finally did meet her and she had this very sort of scared, like, in, in the in the Oasis, she's this badass. Right. And mm-hmm. then in real life, she's sort of scared and, you know, she's strong and tough, but she's like. Yeah, a different person. Which, yeah. Which shows that, you know, people are. Um, and this is a great parallel. People are different online yeah. than they are in the real yeah. world. And uh, sometimes what happens is like, you know, you forget that too. Like, uh, especially when, you know, you're dealing with avatars, when we get to that level of like, you could look any way you want or, you know, right. change your gender or whatever. Like, you know, who knows who you're actually talking to? So that point is made up in the movie. I'm like, yeah, that's well, that's you true. You don't know who you're talking to. But yeah. also that's in, that's in real life. Mm-hmm. Like you just meet somebody and they put on a face or not a literal mask, but a figurative mask or face and represent themselves in a certain way to you. And you think, oh, right, this is who they are. And then you realize, oh, no, no, they're not. No, underneath there's they're, somebody different. There's a liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I did enjoy the addition of uh, T.J. Miller's character. Sure. Kind of like this weird, um, you know, complaining hitman yeah. that's, uh, that's for hire that would also um, seem to collect artifacts. Uh, of, so that was kind of part of his job. Then, and he would have giant skull guns. So That was uh, cool. So I mean, yeah. that, all that stuff was cool. And the, and the the collecting of the coins. Right. I liked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Holiday's greatest regret in life was not dancing and kissing with this woman that ended up marrying his partner or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that motivated the kid to like... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I gotta. You know. I'm that, gonna kiss the girl. I'm gonna kiss the girl. And I was like, man. If and also, was, you look at Halliday, and you're like, mm, would that made a made a difference if you would have kissed her? Yeah. You probably still would have ended up with Simon Pegg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can barely put two sentences together. Yeah, you have a weird blonde. <laughs> yeah, you're perm. a genius. You look yeah. like a girl from yeah. the '80s. Yeah. Like you're, you can, yeah, you're weird science. You can, <laughs> Weird science. <laughs> You're weird science. That's how you say you got. You're weird science, yeah. pal. You know who you are. You got to create a chick online. Yeah. That's the only way. Yes. It's the only way it's going to happen. 
Uh, but I like all that. And I like that made mm -hmm. me go, oh, you know what? So I just kissed the the usher. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, it's like, and then they brought you food. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I kissed her and I looked in her eyes. I said, you're better than movie theater pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and we fell in love. And now we're in the drift. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so any uh, closing thoughts on uh, Ready, Ready Player One? I think we've covered a fair amount of ground on this movie. Go outside and live life, guys. Put down the VR goggles and go take go go live as, life. Uh, as uh, Matt Weinhold has a joke, uh, he said, uh, "You should, guys should all go outside. It has great graphics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really great 3D graphics yeah. outside." <laughs> so um, I haven't been able to surf in a while, and that just makes me mad. Want to surf? Yeah, mm -hmm. I I can't. It's been cold and rainy. It's I liked that guy that w was on the surfboard with the VR goggles at the beginning and the stacks, and he was like, "Woo!" Like he was on the wave. <laughs> it was, made me so sad. What I what I loved was that like uh, the way Spielberg showed that no matter what you want to do or what you're into, there's a version of it on the Oasis, right. which is why everyone is on there. Right. So no matter where you live or what you're doing, like that that girl dancing around the stripper pole yeah, she has a stripper and, yeah pole yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, um so uh the one thing i would like to get that was in the movie an omnidirectional treadmill <laughs> <laughs> that looked really cool <laughs> i did when he was like hey there's someone serving a 50-foot wave i was like well see that i would do because i'll i'll never surf a 50-foot right, wave that's yeah. never gonna happen so if i could right. i could do that in a, on a vr helmet for sure so um, so it's a fun time at the movies. I encourage everyone, if you enjoyed the movie, read the book because the book is uh, is definitely a lot of fun. Anything else you want to add? I think that's it, guys. Love to know your comments. Uh, yeah, let us know. Let them, you know, put it on the Facebook. What you guys think? On Facebook or the YouTube page. Let us know what you thought of Ready Player One. And, and tell us if you read the book or not and how that yes. influenced your viewing. If the movie theater didn't have the food you wanted, did that influence right. your... And also, if you didn't grow up in the 80s, you know, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. like, what did you think of the movie? Or it, what, uh -huh. did you enjoy it as much as you thought? Or do you feel like, I'm like, well, this I'm not really able to relate to this because it's... Yeah, I maybe I, I grew up in, up in the time. 90s. This is dumb. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I didn't have a tw Atari 2600. This is some dumb Gen X bullshit. I don't yeah. care about this. this is like yeah, you like guys that. had your chance. Oh, you <laughs> You guys didn't make things any better. Yeah, nice work. You're just as awful as the baby boomers. <laughs> so uh, go see Ready Player One. Yeah, and let us know what you think. And then, of course, um, only three more uh, live tapings of the FNX Comedy Experience, you guys, April 6th. Then you're all in the can. Then we're all in the can. New episodes drop every Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific time if you do get FNX. If you're not sure if you get FNX, go to fnx.org, and you can see if it's carried where you live. Um, we are not going to put any more episodes online. Uh, we're trying just the first one, right? Just the first one that's on the Facebook page, just to give you a taste of it. We're trying to shop the show, the series around to some places. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's, uh, that's what's up with that. And then I'm doing a tour with Ron Placone, the progressive comedy tour, May 9th. We're at the Tempe improv May 10th. We're at Pennington's pub in Lake Havasu. Uh, the 11th we're in Vegas and May 12th we're in uh, San Diego. So go to grahamelwood.com. You got a string of one nighters. String of one nighters, mm -hmm. Ron Placone and I, it's progressive com. So if you're a big, uh, you know, progressive. Tr tr progressive, you'll love it. Mm -hmm. If you like big Trump or Hillary supporter, I don't know if this is the show for you. <laughs> Well, it's good you let people know in advance. Let people know in advance. Mm -hmm. If you're like, I still think the Democratic Party is savable. 
I would I would go do something else that yeah. night. <laughs> go see Ready Player One. Go see Ready Player <laughs> One again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, all that's on um, GrahamElwood.com, and uh, there'll be more road dates this summer. I'm going to do more road stuff this summer since well, the show will be over. Great. Yeah. All right. All right. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ready Player One spoiler up 77. Lock it in. Oh, halfway to 154. Mm, we'll get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember Han, Han shot, shot first. Easter.